Today's guest named his dog after Ricky Rubio. I wonder if there are any other Timberwolves dog names. Kevin Gurnett. Carl Anthony Hounds. Nicola Pecco Itch. Sam Bitchell. Andrew Waggins. Corgi Jang. Terry Pointer. Tyus Bones. Christian Labrador. Anthony Healer. Latrell Fleewell. Chuck It Person. Jeff Beeg. Oh. Malik Beasley. Alexi Shed. Roni Turi Ruff. Jake Strayman. D'Angelo Russell Terrier. Dog West. Barko Milicic. Welcome to episode 143 of Wolves Cast, the show that is also working through the preseason. preseason oh, I'm sorry. I stepped, on, I stepped on you there. It's still preseason. Yeah. Whatever. We'll get, a, we'll get it sorted out by the season. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Welcome to the show, everybody. We back. Still alive. Still alive. Still trying to figure it out, everybody. Still working out the kinks. We'll get there eventually. The season hasn't begun yet. It's okay. We got time. Where do we fall on the hierarchy of importance for vaccines? Oh, you mean this show or you yeah. me personally? Well, we are the show. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. I, mean, I, I think, think you're probably higher than me. The entertainers of the world, you know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I'll get you by a few days or something like that. But yeah, obviously the world needs to hear this show. And if we don't have a vaccine, the show could end. I don't know. Let's get it in there, though. Um, but yeah, look us up if you guys got a vaccine out there. Land. I'll take a secondhand vaccine. Yeah. No big Package could be open. Yeah, we're into that. Uh, you guys, today is a very big uh, episode of Wolves Cast. It's, uh, it's one of our season preview episodes. Today we'll be uh, previewing the season with a number of questions about the season. And then uh, coming up next week, of course, we have uh, Wolves Cast Jeopardy uh, with uh, co-host Robert Brewer on the show. So To celebrate you know. both the first week of the season and, of course, the holiday season as well. Oh, yeah. We're coming. We're coming. Absolutely. So, um, but yeah, today on the show, not only is it special because uh, it's a season preview episode, we're going to sort of buck the format a little bit, but it's very special indeed because we have a guest, as we mentioned in our cold open, Scott. Uh, we have a guest on this show. We don't have guests very often, um, but this uh, this is a guest that's been on the show a number of times. Uh, a very incredible guest who we love just having back over and over. It's been a, a fan way too favorite. Long. A fan favorite, yes, easily. Indeed. Yeah, our our, um, our download numbers just just hit a spike uh, whenever um, this person is on our show. Oh, and it's great to drop his name in for the SEO. Yes, you know, yes. everyone's searching his name, setting up the Google alerts. Yes, so we'll uh, find us. Yeah, so uh, we're very excited to have um, a very special guest on the show today. It's uh, it's uh, from Canis Hoopus. We have John Meyer in the house. Hello, John. I'm here. Thank you guys for having me. The yes, Daily Wolf. The Daily Wolf is in, in the, the house. Well, not not literally. Yeah, he's keeping he's, it social distanced. He's in his house wearing ours. He doesn't get to play with Josie this yep, time, unfortunately. Yep, I'm socially distanced here in Robinsdale, but thank you guys for having me. I love what you guys do. Oh, absolutely. And then, hey, again, as soon as we all get that uh, vaccine, we'll, we'll, you, you will be in the Wolf's Cast studio. We'll That's have right. you back here in person. We'll be drinking beers and doing shows again together very soon, hopefully. 
I love it. All right. Well, yeah. So today we have we've we've written just so many questions. We have uh, very pressing questions about this season of Timberwolves basketball. We got some like longer form talking point questions. Then we have some quick rapid fire ones. So we're gonna do all of that. That's gonna be the meat of the episode here today. Is running through these questions, and then at the end of the end of the day, uh, end of the show, we'll play a little game. We'll see how uh, John and I can do in some trivia. That's right. Even when we have a different format episode, we end it with a game. Send you off having fun. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's. If it were uh, up to me, this whole thing would be a game show. It'd be like, wait, wait, don't tell me. (laughs) That's next week, Scott. Jeopardy. It's true. (laughs) Can't wait. All right, uh, let's let's jump into the questions and um, you know dig in a little bit on on how this season is going to go. Um, Let's let's start off right here at the top. How will the most important players? fit together on this team it's a really remade uh, wolves roster even from like the second half of last year they've added some guys um and and stuff like that not and, well next question <laughs> that's it but uh you know I mean, the towns missed a lot of years it's, it's not only like different guys on the roster it's like all sorts of reasons kept these guys from playing together on the court in real games so we're wondering how their most important players will fit together i mean obviously that's carl towns that's d'angelo russell uh, that's you know probably you would say Anthony Edwards and Malik Beasley and some of these other guys who are in the long Culver who are in the long term plans for the team. Um, John, we'll start with you here. What I mean, what what are you thinking about the fit of um, how a lot of the Wolves' most important players uh, will be this season? I will be brief, and I will see what you guys have to respond with. But <laughs> I have always wanted to see Carl Anthony Towns with a great point guard in the pick and roll, the pick and pop. And now, in my opinion, D'Angelo Russell and Ricky Rubio on the same team, you have two of the, you know, premier passers across the league. I'm very excited uh, to see what that can do. I know, um, I know it's, it's kind of as simplistic as we say we were frustrated about inbounding passing and or post-entry passing excuse me um but it's true uh we watched uh a couple years of jeff teague just being very um (laughs) messy you know with with the passing Mm -hmm. and i think with ricky rubio and uh d'angelo russell we're gonna see um the best passing duo for a long time so i think when we talk about players fitting together, they fit together really nicely with Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, you got to have someone who can distribute the ball and and yeah, make it work that way. And yeah, you're right; it is a totally different player around Towns than than we than we've really seen. And, and you know, obviously, you know, Towns has played with Ricky in a previous stint uh, earlier in his maybe his rookie year, just his rookie year. I'm trying to think when that was when when they played together. But yeah, you know, so Towns right. has played with good passers before and someone could set it up. But the difference is here with Russell is you also have to respect the jump shot. You have to you have to respect uh, him all the way out to three point range and beyond. So you kind of add those two things together and it really is going to be sort of a new wrinkle, a new look for you know what Towns can bring 
on the offensive end. Um, yeah, so yeah, Towns and Russell really is, when you talk about fit, when you talk about the Wolves' best two players, that's it right there. And then it's a matter of, you know, how is that synergy going to work? Can they, how long will it take, really? Because I think that's going to be another theme here is, you know, we've seen two preseason games. We're recording this, you know, while the Wolves are playing their third game uh, here. But, you know, the first uh, returns were not great. And I think it's going to be kind of a, a tough slog, at least here for the first few weeks. How quickly can Towns and Russell kind of put that chemistry together and for the rest of the team? Scott, any thoughts about, you know, the fit of uh, some of the Wolves' best players, whether it be Towns, Russell, or other guys? Yeah, I'm a lot less optimistic than you two. Uh, I think this is a pretty sloppy construction of a team. Um, hmm. Of course, who knows how many, how long any of the players will be here. You know, we turned yeah. over almost the entire roster last year, except for like Okogie and Cat and like Jake Lehman. Basically, the entire roster got changed over. And that yeah. could happen again because I just think that we have too many uh, – like we've always wanted to see towns surrounded by shooters and right. this will be our opportunity to see how that works. But a lot of these guys are just volume shooters in the sense that like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if there's enough shots to go around between D and Malik and cat and everyone else who's offensive first, you know, a lot of offense first kind of guys on this team. And that's what you need. We don't have anyone who's good at defense and three point shooting. So if you want to surround towns with shooters, like we just said has been something we've wanted to see for a long time, you're sacrificing the defense and just the roster balance, so guard and Wayne heavy. Um, mm-hmm. If Cat's injured for any amount of time, we are sunk. Uh, if he misses a game here or there, it's just like, who are we starting You know, in that role? We have no – and also just like the way the team's set up, there's terrible perimeter defense, which puts all the onus on Cat. It's going to make Cat look bad, and everyone's going to be clowning him because of his defense because we don't have a good front court defender to partner with him. And I just think that uh, it's – it's it's not a not the best fit. I wouldn't be surprised to see. Uh, I know Rosas is going to be trying to wheel and deal and trade pieces during the season, but we'll see if what they can do. Yeah, obviously having guys who can play offense and defense is super valuable, but I'm not sure who those players were, like who they were supposed to get, you know, inst- instead of some of these. So, you know, it's Jeremy Grant. <laughs> go go after him. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's definitely not ideal to have so many one-way players. I think that's definitely the case with this team right now, but yeah, they're definitely leaning heavy on the offensive side of things and honestly i think maybe that's the side that you lean on i mean Mm -hmm. all things being equal at the end of the day good offense beats good defense and i think it was uh our friend jake jake painting who had a tweet about like of all the teams in the past 20 years to have a top 10 offense only two of them have missed the playoffs or something like that Mm. so it's one of those things where if you have a top 10 offense it's really hard to miss the playoffs i wouldn't put it past the wolves but um, it just goes to show, yeah, ha- if you could choose between having the best defense in the league and the best offense in the league, I think the best offense gets you more wins. I think more change is inevitable and it's going to happen. But I also think that um, this current front office, what they're going to quickly realize is that you just can't shuffle the deck over and over and over again. Hmm. Right. Like you got to stick with the guys. Um, and so I would say that. They've made their bed with some of these guys. If you look at the Malik Beasley contract, the Wancho Hernan Gomez contract, Jake Lehman contract, everything, trading for D'Angelo Russell, you can't just turn it over right again, right away. Um, no I one's mean, gonna, no one's gonna believe in that. So yeah, exactly. they'll they'll stick with it to a degree, right? Yeah, I mean, you can do it. But you shouldn't <laughs> because I mean, they I think won't because, yes, the criticism is going to come real quick. 
Well, it's always one of those things. If you're able to trade Malik Beasley for a better name or bigger name, then the criticism will be like, wow, you you got a great deal out of that. But I agree that there's something to be said for uh, consistency. Uh, I mean, Cat's had how many different coaches, you know, in his career already, that kind of thing. How many different teammates, how many different point guards, you know, how many different styles on offense and defense to learn. And there is something to be said for keeping a, you know, the core together for some chemistry building. I think most obviously Denver has done a wonderful job. We saw them make it to the Western Conference Finals last year because they've had this core of Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic and guys around them like Gary Harris and stuff. And all those guys have been there for a long time. So I think that it shows you how you could be better than just the collection of players that you have if there's that chemistry there. Totally. All right. Um, next question here. Where will the team be in offensive and defensive rating? We talked a little bit just now on the offensive side of things as far as, you know, the kind of, uh, you know, really win on that side of the ball, which, you know, when you have Carl Towns, I guess that's <laughs> that's one way to do it, right? Just like, all right, this guy is one of the best offensive players in the league, certainly one of the best offensive centers we've seen in a very long time. Let's let's just, you know, ride that boat. Let's keep that going here. Um, and so, yeah, we kind of know they have a lot of shooting. You know, and I think, you know, you, Scott, you, you touched on it you know in the last question but i think one of the largest strengths of this timberwolves team is actually going to be passing like they have a number of wonderful passers even beyond rubio russell and towns you know and so they i think the ball is going to be moving it's just a matter of like sort of will they be able to get efficient basketball out of that that'll be a question um but you know so we can talk about both of them here but you know obviously the defense is the big question mark how bad it's, it's not going to be good so it's kind of like the question is how bad is it actually going to be and sort of like how can they you know how and when can they put this together to potentially raise up the ranks a little bit so they're not bottom five um john where do you see the defense uh you know kind of being this year and and is there any way that they can kind of get close to like 20th on defense or something like that or do you see it kind of being a bottom five type situation all year long well i i hope so i i hope they can get in the top 15 of defense i think that's the key to this team really like if we're talking about winning 35 36 37 games going to the playoffs obviously we have we they have to make a big step into in the right direction uh, defensively, I think they, I want to say they finished 21st in defense rating last year, which yeah. even was shocking to me. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was like 30th, <laughs> but, um, offensive offensively, I don't think that's going to be a huge problem. I think they can finish top 10 kind of in their sleep, but just from the first couple of preseason games, what I've seen is I've seen a lot of the same problems, transition defense, they are asleep. Uh, defensive rebounding is horrible. Um, they are uh, basically, you know, dying on screens. Um, they're they're horrible on screens. Um, Good thing there's not a lot. And of I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> like I was sitting there the other night. I'm like, I don't know how the Timberwolves fix this. I don't know how they fix it. If you can't guard a screen. Um, well, and I'll the, leave it. I'll leave it there. That's where I am with the defense. It's the year for David Vanterpool to, you yeah. know, rebound after the bad showing last year on defense. Earn know? that check. Yeah, if he wants to be a head coach, he's going to have to show it this year because if he can make this defense top twenty, then that's a real feather in his cap. I would say. 
Um, I think I disagree with Neil, who said that the defense is what's in question. I I know what the defense will be. Bottom five, <laughs> it's going to be terrible. Hmm. The question is, how good can the offense be? Can the offense yeah. be good enough to make it us, you know, even sniff five hundred? You know, and you know, middle of the pack kind of thing. Because that's that's we will live or die on how how often we score. And I think you know, I, I took note in the you know preseason games, which have been terrible. I mean, I don't know how much we want to talk about it. There's a lot of reasons why they're terrible. You know, a lot of these guys aren't in shape yet. Whatever. There's reasons for them to be so bad. It's the preseason. Exactly. It's it's the time to be bad. But (laughs) um, I think what you saw is that with that modern NBA offense of just taking threes, there are stretches at a time where you go go come down the floor on offense, you shoot a three, you miss, they get a rebound, you come back. Next time down, you get another good look on three, you miss. And all of a sudden, it's five straight possessions where you've missed a three and you're down on a 10-0 run now or something like that. So... Um, I'm worried because we saw Memphis really get out to big leads. Are we going to have enough defense to get stops during runs like that? Or because, you know, I said last week, you know, you don't have to defend well the whole game. Just keep it close with your shooting and uh, get stops down the stretch. But right now it's we've we've been so bad on offense in the preseason, which we think will not be the case. But uh, it didn't even matter, you know. Yeah, I think, you know, I don't know. I think I kind of in between all of this, I, I think the Wolves, I think they'll have a hard time being a top five offense. I think the the league in general is going to be a heavy offensive uh, league this year. I think there's a lot of great uh, offenses that are bringing their team back this year. And then you have teams like the Wolves and the Suns and some other teams. It's like, all right, the, the idea of them being really good is there, but we haven't seen it yet. So, you know, I think the Wolves will kind of hover around like the 9, 10, 8 kind of range for offense. And then, you know, I, I think they can be a little frisky, but I, I can't see them cracking 20 on defense. So, you know, again, so 24 or something like that. And I don't really know what that gets you for wins. I guess, you know, at the end of the, you know, at the end of all our questions here, we will give you our predictions for how many wins we think this team um, is going to have. I do this like year. what you said about the passing. The only thing is yeah. we have to have good chemistry because the only pass when you're you know all built you know you're all pulling in the same direction you've bought in on the idea that you pass the ball it'll come to you it'll find you when you are open you know but once it starts we've seen so often like once it's the playoff picture gets out of hand these guys start gunning for their own numbers and you know if if Malik hasn't touched the ball in five possessions he's not going to pass it even though he's a good passer you know that's chemistry that's the problem yeah you have to keep the chemistry good or else the passing stops yeah totally the ball doesn't fizz around yep I think you guys are right on the money. And I think the only thing that really bothered me, besides the just the way they're dealing with screens, is like the the shot contesting. It's been really, really bad. Hmm. And it needs to improve. Um, uh, someone made a joke, I think, to me on Twitter that like <laughs> that Timberwolves shot contesting when it comes to um, getting out on a shooter on the perimeter is like social distancing. They're six feet away, <laughs> right? Um, and that's and that's got to change. Um, it's got to change. And I think until the Timberwolves really fix that, uh, I don't really know how good they're going to be in the West. It's it's a loaded Western Conference. We've seen it. John Morant looked like the best player on Ooh, planet Earth. Spiritual experience watching him. Yeah, you know? I mean, he was amazing. Speaking in tons, you know, when I was watching that, that's a good feeling when you see a guy locked in like that. It's just like, I, for, I forgot that's what's so much fun about the NBA is watching a guy just get really hot and go off and like have that confidence overflowing and making the shots. Being like, the it's so, so much fun to watch that kind of stuff. Um, but I also think it's interesting with the defense. I was watching the preseason games and it seems like the idea is where can we hide Russell on defense? Mm. And I was like, we're going to be, Russell's going to sink or swim on defense, whether 
on whether or not he can guard the side of the court that doesn't have the ball. And he did not do a good job of that. Like yeah, weak side. In the weak side. And he did not do a good job of that early. So we'll see how he quits himself with that during the season. Speaking of watching the games, next question here. How will the broadcast experience be different this year? Sitting at home, watching these games, nobody in the stands. So, hey, we have to watch all these games from uh, from the comfort of our own home. But uh, what is... Uh, you know, what do you guys think about how it'll be watching these empty arena games and, and stuff like that? Again, Scott, we, we uh, talked a little bit about, you know, watching the Twins. And I know, John, you're a big Twins fan as well. But, you know, I don't know, t- maybe you can pull from your experience of watching NFL or watching MLB or whatever. But, you know, w- what's it like to watch these empty stadium games? And I guess we've seen the two preseason games. You know, the, the crowd noise is pretty good and stuff like that. But what do you guys think about the broadcast experience this year watching on FSN? Well, I think the Twins did a really good job of it, but baseball is an easier game where you take a minute, mm-hmm. figure out what happened on the play, and then you can say it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Whereas basketball is such a live action game. It's why we love it. It's why it's such a great sport, but it's harder when you're in the moment. I think what the biggest difference is we'll hear them talk about, like, like how many times will Ben's remind us that they can't hear what the referee's saying this season, like once per game, you know? Oh, yeah. Just I think they will remind us a lot, like, oh, we couldn't tell what happened with that one because we're not close or something like that. I think yeah. that's the only way we're really going to notice the difference. The is broadcast the admitting broad, it. The yeah. broadcast <laughs> admitting, like, yeah, normally we'd be able to see, tell you what the foul was, but we're not there, everybody. Yeah. John, what do you think? Well, I really like when I can hear the players totally. um, talking, like, you know, talking junk or whatever. Um Crowd noise is too loud then. The fake crowd noise, they should tone it down a little bit so we actually hear these guys. It was very loud. But still, you could hear them better than normal. Yeah. (laughs) Anytime I can hear Ricky Rubio go like, Alexi, change our face. (laughs) Alexi, change change his face. Be happy. Enjoy. Um, I'm like, I'm I'm having a good fan experience. But uh, I think, you know, Dave and Jim, they're still doing a great job. But it is going to be a little bit different. Um. I just think the players, you can hear it a little bit more, and that's cool. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, or Rookie just uh, make a kind of scream and make up, hit a little sound as he's going to the rim. Oh, I forgot. Let, let the referees call. He got hit on that file, you know? Yeah, I forgot listening to Ricky call out, like, the player's nickname, like, Boz, Boz, oh, when yeah. he wants to yeah. pass the ball to him. Yeah, we'll get to hear the new new nicknames. D-Lo. I think, I think you guys mentioned that, like, on a previous, uh, maybe, like, Wolf's Guest 73 or something, you did your, like, <laughs> eek, <A> classic. eek. <laughs> or, you know, that noise Ricky makes when he yeah. gets hit at the rim. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, the broadcast, you know, it's, it's weird to see the empty uh empty seats, you know. I think uh you know, they got to cover those up, you know. I think I've seen I've seen some other preseason games where they had like arenas will like cover whole sections of seats and, you know, maybe throw a sponsor on there or whatever. So, I think they should do something like that, but it's it's interesting the Target Center, I think because it's such an old building, has this really unique situation where they have like the first like 5 to like 10 rows of seats are totally removable, so you kind of have this weird like full bowl situation whereas like a lot of the newer NBA arenas all those seats are kind of built in all the way almost down to the floor in a different kind of way so especially with the Timberwolves broadcast at Target Center you don't actually see that many empty seats really close to the um, really close to the floor because they just wheel them out or whatever so I don't know they have this weird gap where you can just like freely walk around all over the place it's it's a really strange presentation so we'll see what they do with that yeah. yeah, I mean, they could go the cardboard fans route. I think there's a lot of unintentional comedy we need there. That. Like we need that. In baseball, you'd see a foul ball like take 
off a cardboard fan's head, you yeah. know, and it'd be it'd be hilarious. You could get a lot of replay action out of that. So yeah, that was one of our other questions we could talk about now. What should they do with all the empty seats? I mean, do we want to see the cardboard? Do we want to see that? I mean, I, I feel like it's kind of it's a little played out and like uh, it's kind of what you expect at this point. But I like it. I don't know. I seen that's how the Kings were doing it the other day. So I don't know. Do we want to see that? I definitely don't want to see what Fox did with MLB games, which is digitally add in oh, fans yeah. from MLB the show, we the video game. Yeah, we don't want that. Really bad. And the clipping was terrible. Or like a player would be rounding the bases, and then all of a sudden they're behind the layer of virtual fans, oh, no. so the, their yeah. head has disappeared no. or something like that. Yeah. Did not work. Let's not do that. I like. Uh, I liked a lot of baseball teams did different themes for theirs. Like oh. uh, the Twins, most of the season rode with like Twins legends in the stands, mm. which is cool. Classic, yeah. Timberwolves have a lot of players they could go to, you know. <laughs> um, but I also like they did stuff like the Peanuts characters one night and stuff like that. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah, yeah, you can have theme nights. Yeah, oh, John. What should they do? What should they do with those seats? Uh, I think if they just put like a hundred Ricky Rubios, um, <laughs> no one to mind. <laughs> no, I think if you kind of what Scott's saying, like uh, a tribute to you know Cheryl Reeve, Maya Moore, um, KG, uh, not Joe Smith. Uh, <clears throat> Remember when the league had to stop those fans from having the Kim and Kanye heads behind the basket oh, when Chris yeah. Humphries would come to town? Yeah. Like you can't do that. Can't bring your own cardboard people. <laughs> I think anything like to just kind of, you know, honor the people in this organization that have done great things. I yeah. think that would be very cool. Seems like the most likely and easiest thing to do. I miss so. the giant cardboard cutout of Alex Conover's cat cheese. It was oh. just an orange tabby as his, his, his head. So wow. let's fill up a section with just cat heads. Shout out to cheese, y'all. All right, next question. Who uh, or what is the best-selling Wolves jersey this year? Who's going to move the most units uh, Jersey-wise, I mean, lots of options here. I mean, Towns is probably always the always the big winner in this situation. Um, you know, D'Angelo Russell, you know, relatively new player. They sold some of his jerseys at the end of last year, but this is the first kind of full year they'll have with him. Um, and then, you know, you have the number one draft pick on your team. That's that's always a good one to, you know, for, for jersey sales. And then, of course, you know, I think uh, Ricky Rubio is oh, – yeah. that's, that's probably my answer for this as the most likely, like, jersey sale winner here is the return of Rubio. You know, we haven't seen him in the new uniform yet, so people are going to want to, you know, get that. You know, they've, they've you know, had a lot of uh, Rubio jerseys out there the first time around, and so I think people are going to be wanting to get that new style uh, with his name on it and number nine so i would say rubio but i could see it being like any four of them really uh what do you guys think john well i, I think you're right el nino from el masno um <laughs> that's the guy that's the guy the spanish <laughs> unicorn um my favorite player uh the love of my life <laughs> uh you know i, I love ricky rubio and i think do. a lot of timberwolves fans really really love ricky rubio and i'm so happy he's back uh, so I would say him, uh, I think there's that nostalgic, uh, feeling like, you know, Ricky, I think a lot of us, he, we didn't want to see him necessarily go in the first place. I almost got a personalized Prince Ricky Rubio one just because oh, yeah. that's how much I missed him and how yeah. much I wanted current jerseys to say Ricky's name on them. Mm-hmm. But I think it's gonna, I think it's interesting because I think that, Total gross sales, it'll be Towns. The best player usually sells the most jerseys because if you look at the top 10 jersey list, it's always the biggest stars and because it's a lot of global jerseys means it's a global game. Jerseys sold all over the country. And so 
Uh, Taz is the most likely to be the random player that makes it into a Foot Locker or something like that. Um, so I think the answer will be Towns. But locally, I think that yeah. it's an interesting question because Minnesota fans are very practical. You know, <laughs> I I grew up. Every jersey I would get, that player would be gone the next season. Jake Reed with the Vikings was one of my first Vikings ones I got. And it was just like a running joke in the family. Like, I get the jersey, goodbye to that player. Yeah, and so, superstition. And, you know, athletes are always moving in and moving out of Minnesota. So everyone's probably had a jersey of a Minnesota sports star who has left the team. And then you're like, oh, what am I going to do with this jersey? And so I think that there's a lot of uh, practicality among fans because we've experienced that so much. So yeah. now that Beasley's locked in, those players last season, they were like, oh, I don't want to buy a Beasley jersey. He might be gone. <laughs> I, can't, I can't invest in that. He but just signed a new contract. <laughs> now that he's here, they're going to be like, well, he's going to be around for yeah. a few years. Maybe, maybe I can feel safe investing right. in a Beasley. And I also think that's the argument against Ricky Rubio is that sure. there's a lot of fans, especially like college-age fans, you know, kids who are in high school the first time Ricky was around or something, where they go to the games. They don't necessarily have the spending money for jerseys like uh, yeah. us grown adults can. <laughs> and so there will be a lot of like – Ricky Arid, you know, the first time around, those old Ricky jerseys, because yeah. there's so many of them in Goodwills and stuff around the place. I think that the upper deck will be awash with old school Ricky jerseys already. Totally. Good point. Um, all right. Uh, next one here is uh, how will the pandemic affect the season? So this is kind of more of a NBA wide, I think, kind of look rather than specifically the Wolves, because, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it's not really, you know, I don't know how we can single out just how it'll affect the Timberwolves uh, so much. So I don't know. This is another one where it's like you guys watched baseball and football and stuff like I don't really know how much that affected things i know scott you were talking about how games would be delayed and then they'd have to play them back to back to double back headers and, and stuff yeah, hella can't, double headers can't do double headers in the nba yeah so and i just wonder you know obviously everything worked great in the bubble but now that they're not doing the bubble you know is there going to be um you know any sort of shenanigans happening or i don't know I, there's just so many unknowns here so obviously we're just guessing with a lot of this but i don't know do we foresee there being you know, moments in this season where a team can't play a game and, and stuff like that. I mean, I feel like that would be pretty extreme, but also it's like it was relatively common in MLB and stuff like this year. But also I feel like they didn't uh, – correct me if I'm wrong, John. I know you watch the NFL a little bit more, but like have they had to cancel any games? I know they've like postponed them into like the middle of the week and stuff like yeah, that, they, but they haven't like lost games. any games, have they? No, they've they've moved games. And, yeah. Um, I think – I you know, I'm not an expert either, but I think – my instinct is that the the season will be affected. Um, there will be games that are moved around, mm-hmm. and there will be uh, things that change. I think they've expanded rosters for a reason, oh, yeah. uh, because they know that guys are going to uh, test positive for COVID, and so I, you know, I I hope it goes as smoothly as it can, but I, I have no, I, I know it's, there's going to be problems. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why they are doing the two halves of the schedule, right? So if you do get a postponed game or whatever, they can sort of maybe make room for that in the second half of the year. So, you know, I think that that is sort of a precaution they're kind of building into this already, but yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I just think of the NBA, especially because they've already gone through this as a, maybe a little bit more of a precautious league. You know, maybe that's a little naive of me to think of that. You got guys, you know, flying from city to city, going to these different hotels and all this stuff. And that I think they have like predetermined restaurants they can go to in certain markets and stuff. I haven't read 
up on all the protocols and everything. But something in me makes me think, oh, the NBA's got this a little bit more nailed down than some of the other leagues. But again, all it takes, who knows? Is, one Lu- yeah. all it takes is one Lou Williams to sl- slip out to the strip joint. Right, to- right. The nature, the nature of COVID, yeah, makes it like that, where it's like, yeah, it just takes one person, and then all of a sudden, four or five people on your team have it, or more than that, and that kind of thing. So, it's definitely going to be a huge part of the season. But just like how it's going to affect the year, I think is just kind of up in the air. Who knows? Kind of, kind of to twist that the point. I, yep. I'm very interested to see um, this whole doing a back to back in the same city. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really want to see the NBA explore that more you mean in the uh, future even like next season yeah, and stuff yeah 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 i think that could be something positive that comes out of all of this um the travel as we know it affects the product and we don't i don't think anybody really uh wants to watch uh their home team play on the back end of a back-to-back in their city it's it's not good um so i'm very interested to see how this affects the league to say, Hey, we can let's play both these games in one city instead. Yeah. You can see it going, you can see them taking the idea and going for it. It's kind of cool data gathering sort of thing for them this year. Like, all right, we have to do this thing. Well, let's see how it goes. Cause yeah, I think they did get positive results from the Orlando bubble of being like all the players felt better and they played better and all this stuff because they didn't have to go anywhere after the game and just go back to the hotel. And I think they had fresher guys. So can you make that, can you make that work with your broadcast partners? Is it weird to have these sort of series, these little mini two game series against the same, you know, do fans want to watch the same team against the same team two games in a row? It's very weird for NBA fans to watch that it's not weird for baseball fans but for the nba it's a little weird like wait a minute i just saw i just saw nikola Jokic the other right. night like are we gonna see him again okay like i could get used to it but it would be a very big change yeah we talked about a little on last week's pod what that might be like when you can scout you know yeah um eight quarters <laughs> i would have said last week that we're gonna see lots of games canceled because it's not one person in the clubhouse gets it with the nba how close everyone is mm-hmm. at all times mm-hmm. Entire teams will get it and be, and like you said, maybe the good teams will be rescheduled, but the NBA has now set a precedent that if you are not competitive, they will cancel your games due to COVID. (laughs) You know, they did that last year. They canceled the second part of the Timberwolves season because we weren't relevant in the standings. And so they said, why don't you not play in Orlando? You know, we can just cancel those games. Um, But I'm going to take the opposite check here, actually. I'm going to have some optimism on the show and say that now that the vaccine is starting to roll out, uh, just like, uh, you know, when the tests were rare is like, where are all the tests going to rich and famous people, to sports athletes? Yeah. Like there were so many tests in the bubble because that's, you know, they're, they're uh, very high, you know, it's a huge league and they make a yep. lot of money so yep. they can get those tests in there. So I have to believe that athletes are going to be front of the line for vaccines. I know we're trying to give them to the most vulnerable people first, but big surprise cap uh, capitalism is going to make sure that Carl Anthony Towns gets a vaccine before your grandma does. Yeah. So yeah. that's certainly a wrinkle in all this. Ma- maybe yeah. everyone will be vaccinated by mid January and yeah. we won't have a break and play. You know? Or if it not, maybe not vaccines, but just like rapid tests some different kind of testing and sort of improvements in like in testing so that you know that they can lessen the amount of yeah people people catching it and stuff like that that that'll be super interesting that'll be something we're covering all season hopefully not too long though maybe, maybe if you're right scott it'd be great if they could all get vaccinated and this wouldn't be a, a part of this year um it'll, it'll be weird though because they'll be like what do we do with the guys who are on a two-way contract you know yeah jordan do mclaughlin just signed a two-way deal they're gonna be like mm, you know he's not guaranteed know. to be on the roster yeah We'll get him in the second we'll round see. of vaccines. <laughs> yeah, we only have so many to go around. Um, all right, well, let's do one more here before we get to our sponsor. Uh, how will the backcourt 
rotation work here for the Timberwolves this year. Um, you know, again, bringing in Rubio, uh, we got uh, we got Beasley uh, locked up for a few years here. Russell, um, and those you know, kind of a number of guys. So kind of like two, three. You know, if, you know between the shooting guard and small forward, uh, or excuse me, a point guard and, and the shooting guard. So I don't know. There's a lot of guys who could kind of play uh, shooting guard for the Wolves this year. But John, how do you see um, the rotations uh, working uh, for for this team? Who's who's going to play with who and sort of like mixing and matching and all that stuff? What do you think should happen with the with the backcourt rotation for the Wolves this year? Yeah, it's a wonderful question. I think definitely it's Rubio. And D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley. And you start there and kind of mix those three guys in. And then um, I've been the I've been the, the president of uh, Culver uh, City. Ball, um, ball handler Culver. Yeah, I love. I really like Jared Culver, and I really believe in him. I think he's improved, and I am interested to see how he can play at the guard spot. I think uh, the Wolves are going to try to put the ball. Well, if the Wolves are smart, what they'll do is they'll put the ball in Culver's hands. That's what he did at Texas Tech. That's what made him great. And I would like to see that. Uh, I think Josh Okoge is kind of in the guard mix, but and then again, some people say, well, he's a power forward. So I don't, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't, I don't Versatile. know. Yeah. But I, yeah, I like I like those four guys. I think Culver for sure is some somebody that the Timberwolves really they got to explore how to maximize him um, because I think he's really key. Yeah, it'll be interesting because I think they do want it, him to have the ball in his hands, but there's only so much time. You know, D'Lo and Ricky are going to have a lot of minutes running the offense, and then we just got J-Mac. News broke right before we recorded. J-Mac's going to be back, and we saw Jalen have some good time in the first two preseason games, and you got to figure only one of them will be on the team, Jordan or J-Mac, and the other, Jalen or J-Mac, and the other one will be in the D-League or the G-League, as it were, probably, you know. If they have a season. But yeah, again, like John brought up, they're up to 15 players now for the for the big club roster, so yeah. I mean, maybe they both stay up. So I just think that the main thing that will sort out the backcourt, what we'll see, maybe not first game, but by the 10th game, is that the goal will be to get D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley off the court at the same time. Or, I mean, I said that wrong. Always have one of those. They're going to try and space the playing time there because mm-hmm. I don't think those two work together well on the floor. They both are volume shooters who need the ball on their hands, want to create, and they're both terrible defenders. I mean, Ja is great, mm-hmm. but Ja's not that great. You know, he was mm-hmm. going off against uh, Beasley yeah. and D'Lo. And, I mean, Culver did a pretty good job guarding him, you know, when Culver got a couple stops on him. But I think that it's going to be something where you really can't play Beasley and D'Lo at the same time and win those minutes. So I think we'll see pretty quickly that when D'Lo's on the bench, Beasley's going to be on the floor. When Beasley's on the bench, D'Lo will be on the floor. I think a lot of Wolves fans through these first two preseasons, uh, one of their big takeaways was Rubio should start, right? It should be Rubio and Russell starting, Beasley coming in off the bench. And it sounds like that's kind of what you're saying too, right? Like of like you shouldn't play too long with those two guys on the floor. Do we think that would be the case? Again, we're recording during the Dallas game. Russell's not going to play. So we don't really know until game one how they're going to do all that. And then, you know, it, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But what do we think about that idea of Rubio starting? Should Rubio be the starter? He seems like he's, he's as it is right now, one of the best players the Wolves have. Right? I, think- I think for sure, for sure. I would, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Scott, but no. I would, would definitely start Ricky and D'Angelo together because Ricky compliments him. 
in all the ways that he's deficient. And yeah. uh, I'd like to see those two guys play together. I think what we saw Flip doing in the first two preseason games, I won't be surprised if he continues Flip. to do this. Mm-hmm. Flip, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Drip. Uh, rest in peace. Yeah, drip, drip. drip Saunders is yep. what I meant. Yep. Um, is that D'Lo, they start, you know, the five that they've been starting, and then D'Lo's the first to come out. He comes out after mm-hmm. like three or four minutes. Ricky comes in. And then Ricky plays with the starters for a while, and then the yep. starters eventually get taken out. So I could see something like that where D'Lo just plays the first few minutes and then comes out of the game and Ricky comes in. And so that way you get around the whole starting issue and whether you're going to hurt Beasley's feelings or whatnot. Because <laughs> um, it's, you know. Who you, fi- who you finish the game with is important. And we yeah. can see a lot of different finishing lineups depending on how guys are playing that night, but also depending on what the other team is throwing at us. You know, and That's why that's such an interesting question. It's like there's so many ways you can mix this. And I would imagine we will see lots of different ways to start this thing out. And Ricky's one of the players who will not throw a fuss if, about coming off the bench right, right now. Right, you know? right, right. So I think that's that sometimes you just take the easiest option and go that way. Yeah. All right. Um, let's let's do a little sponsor here, and then we'll get some, get some more questions and even some rapid fire questions. We'll start going quicker quicker through these. Uh, but uh, you know, we still we still sponsor. We still have uh, obligations to these wonderful people who are cutting us checks. Um, Scott, let's get to our sponsor right now. Um, as the COVID nineteen pandemic lingers on, the Minnesota Timberwolves are forced to play their season in an entirely empty Target Center. Audio engineers and TV producers are working hard to recreate a realistic in-arena and broadcast experience, including generic artificial crowd noise. But we're not stopping there. Introducing Target Center Cheers and Jeers. That's right. Target Center Cheers and Jeers is the revolutionary service that allows individual Timberwolves fans, that's you, the ability to have their pre-recorded, super important cheer or jeer added to the audio mix for all to hear. We're all a little opinionated, even here in the humble Midwest. Here's your chance to raise your voice and be heard from the comfort of your own home. The process is easy. Simply make a tax-deductible donation of $500 or more to the Timberwolves Community Fund, and you'll be eligible to have your message added to the crowd noise. Then, record yourself screaming your thoughtfully considered, well-informed opinion. Ref, are you blind? These guys are garbage! You couldn't play like that when you were here. Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. Finally, upload that sound file to our servers and you'll be hearing your voice on the next Timberwolves home broadcast. So whether you want to welcome back Ricky Rubio, praise Carl Anthony Towns for that made three, or roast D'Angelo Russell's effort getting around his screen, Timberwolves Cheers and Jeers is here for you. Thank you to Target Center Cheers and Jeers for their support of Wolvescast. All right, let's jump back into these questions. We've got a few more uh, longer form ones, then we'll hit the rapid fire. Um, first one here, uh, who will play the most minutes next to Towns um, in the front court? Um, so, you know, a couple, you know, right now we have uh, Jake Lehman as the as the starter. He's uh, the starter for all three of these preseason games. Uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez, you know, new... Uh, you know, new contract from the Wolves here, you know, plays plays the power forward position. Um, and then Rondé Hollis Jefferson, I feel like, is another guy who, um, you know, a lot of Wolves fans would like to see potentially even in the starting role. But, you know, again, logging minutes next to Towns. Um, I don't know, but who do we think, oh, you know, when this season's all said and done, not who's going to maybe start right now, but when, when it's all said and done, all 72 games are in the book. Um, who will have played the most minutes next to Towns in the backcourt? John, you have any ideas for that? Sure, one? what the Daily Wolf thinks. Yeah, who, what you got? I'm, I'm thinking Jay Clayman. I'm thinking Jay Clayman. All right, uh, all right. And, and I, I like what he's what he's showing. 
uh, he was very good uh, in the first preseason game. Uh, defensively, I, I really liked what he he brought. So, but I can see a world where uh, RHJ, right? Nailed it. Chap is his nickname. Chap. 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 I can see a world where he works himself into that rotation. You know, he kind of reminds me a little bit about Luau Dang. Oh, interesting. Uh, when when uh, he worked himself into the rotation because yeah. he just played so so well defensively. Uh, and he just made it like inarguably like they had to put him out there, right? Yeah, just like so much of a vet, just like, oh, yeah, he just knows how everything's going to go. I feel like like Hollis Jefferson's in that same vein a little bit. He's one of the older players on the team, I think. You know, not super old, but, you know, as far as this team's concerned, he is. So, yeah, he's got that, he's got that veteran role player vibe going. One of those things when you play so well defensively that they can't ignore it. Yeah. I think, you know, when we talk about front court players, it includes the three. So maybe Josh Okogi should be the guy yeah, like you said. we're talking yeah. about. I mean, so far in the preseason, Culver's look better, you know, but yeah. we all know what Josh can bring. And so I think that, you know, that'd be kind of the coward's way out, though, because that's one of those like I choose someone off the board, you know. So if we're talking about that power forward spot, that four, you know, roles don't mean anything. What is positionless basketball? Free Darko, everybody. <laughs> um, but I think that at the four, I agree. It's Jake Lehman. Jake Lehman will get the most minutes. Yeah, it's it seems like that's where it is now. It seem, kind of seems like Wancho's maybe, you know, behind behind the eight ball to start. And I don't know. On one hand, it's like. A lot, especially in the West, you're going to come up against a lot of like really big teams. So, do you want to counter that, you know, and be able to guard that well with another proper big like Wancho, or are the Wolves just going to have the? They're going to say, no, you have to guard us. You have, we're going to go smaller. Um, you know, we're going to go with more of a wing player at the four. And uh, you know, obviously, again, this is kind of the idea of leaning into the offense a little bit more. And yeah, maybe we can't guard your uh, guard your bigs and maybe beat us on the boards, but we're going to get out and run. We're going to be quicker than you. Um, so that, that I think it will it will be telling of the the team's philosophy this year a lot uh, about J- Jake uh, Layman's only an inch smaller than Wancho yeah, proper you big you know yeah, yeah. wonder how their arms are yeah um, but yeah so I'm with you I think we're all in agreement here as it seems right now anyway it's I would be love Lehman. to see Chapman you know I am Chap 24's Twitter handle Chap just Chap is his IG name <laughs> Chap so I'd love to see Chap get it I'm just hedging my bets because for a guy who wasn't yeah. on a guaranteed contract we all think he's going to be a guaranteed that, contract but. Uh, I just don't, true, I don't man. think he was in the plans for a lot of minutes, so I'm hedging my bets there. But I could see if he's as effective as we think he'll be, he could be the answer. Man, it would be that balance, right, between like offense and defense of being like, actually, we need some more defense out here. Yeah, let's like, go in all defense. Let's guy. do instead of doing the five out, we can do, have <laughs> cat three yeah. shooters and yep. RHJ yep. patrolling the paint up in there. And the question is, where does Ed Davis fit into the whole conversation? Right. I just think he's a straight up backup five. That's it seems that way, but but is he going to be in the rotation and Nas on the outside or you know? Yeah, I think so. You know, I, I think so. But again, with this weird year with the COVID stuff, you have to always keep in mind like these depth pieces are going to come into play at some point. Like if you think certain teams and certain games are going to be affected by the, the pandemic, that means you're going to have guys who are just going to be out, and you're going to need the next man's going to need to come up. So when you talk about yeah, Noel, when you talk about Nas Reed, J Mac, these guys are going to be ready, even though it doesn't seem like they're really going to play. They're probably going to play uh, more than most seasons. So get ready. That's you guys. a good point. There's always injuries. Um, all right, uh, next one here. Best fan to follow on Twitter. Who's the best Timberwolves fan to follow on Twitter? The fan part is interesting because I feel like we have a lot of like 
you know, people who are other, you know, covering the team. They write for they write for Canis Hoopus. You know, they write for you know someone who's uh, or their podcasters or the broadcasters or whatever. But as far as fans, I don't really have a great answer for this one. I mean, um, at the Daily Wolf. Well, yeah, well, yeah. But it's, yeah I'm trying to think of uh, yeah. I guess it doesn't have to be only fans. Um, but I don't know, John. Do you have any good ones for like who you really like to follow? Um, as far as you know, especially in maybe the non-media uh, category here, as far as uh, people go. So many good fans. <laughs> so many good fans. I love. I literally love uh, everybody. Like, so cool to me to see all this communication and like log on and see uh, everybody. Um, I can. I couldn't say like one best fan um yeah i mean there's lots of really then good instead of saying the best one just say one <laughs> <laughs> okay um uh gosh i i'll give us one here um uh this is someone i we really love about. neil okay thanks yeah <laughs> me, yeah um, neil, neil never tweets out of his own personal account though it's pretty much exclusively wolfscast tweets there's a there's a um, a gentleman named Josh Brayton uh, who is like a, in his in his uh, header on his Twitter page is like on a Disney Channel show I think he might have been in This Is Us yeah he's in This Is Us American Horror Story Horror Story and stuff um, he's pretty good he's always got he's always right in the know he's always right on the pulse he gets all the memes and all the jokes and stuff like that and he's a Hollywood actor so I think that's pretty good he's not covering the team but I think he's just a big super fan so I really like following him it's at Josh B R A A T E N so we'll throw for him sure in. for Throw sure. him out that out there yep. for, for that one, Scott. You got any other ones to add to that? Well, I mean, shout out to last week your wolf. Yeah, gave Jake it to Graffs. Jake Graffs, yep. and I uh, went home and followed him, and that great. has already been paying dividends. <laughs> so I want to say shout out to that. I guess once again, this isn't a pure fan in the sense that he does cover the team a little bit, but I'm going to go with our boy Lucas. Oh yeah, Lucas Hoffer. C Hoffer. You can find him on Twitter. I'm trying to find his handle right here. It's like at C Hoffer. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah at s e e h a f e r underscore and i just think that in in addition to the great insights that you normally get from him he's always on the pulse with the injuries if oh, there's any kind of injury yeah. you know he's the one who's got the best intel i think he's the guy i turn to so always Candace always alumni. good to have that in your feed Candace alumni that's, That's right. right. Yeah, he's all over the place. But yeah, especially even just like league wide injuries, like Gordon Hayward the other day, like announced that he had like a he had like a metacarpal fracture or something like that, and he was just Lucas was immediately on there being like, "This is what happens when there's a metacarpal fracture. It means this. He's going to be okay. Like stuff like that. So it's really good, even for league wide. Like, what does this injury mean? He's he's on it right away. So it's kind of literally his job. So he's good at that. Um, all right, one more long one here. Uh, how will uh, Saunders slash the team leaders handle the team emotionally this year? You know, potentially log jams for minutes, uh, touches. Um, you know, the team projects to be bad defensively, maybe just a bad team in general. And then the condensed season and the COVID, all the emotions that, that run through this kind of condensed weird season. I think it's going to be really important for, you know, teams to be able to kind of stick together. And Scott, you mentioned it with the ball movement. And, you know, if they're going to have one of the best offenses in the league like they're projected to have it's gonna they're gonna have to have a good locker room too so and also like i don't want to spoil us giving away our final uh record predictions but i don't uh-huh. think any of us have the wolves winning more games than they lose right. so right. That, by the nature of that that's a losing team which happens to make the clubhouse not too chummy yeah so how are they gonna deal with all that i mean i feel like saunders is a good you know we, we've he's thought of at least as an emotionally intelligent person who can kind of bring all the all the players like him I mean, towns if, loves him if all he's this not stuff. bringing that then what is he bringing? what is he doing yeah yeah so i don't know uh john any um any thoughts on this kind of question 
question about uh, about the emotional sort of uh, makeup of the team this year? Sorry, guys. Uh, I, I just wanted to follow up on your previous question. Oh, yeah. I, I want to say Yolio and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kyle Taigi yes. are the guys I want to show out. All right. Yep, we'll get those in show notes. We'll link to we'll link to all those uh, Twitter handles and show notes there. You at home can follow. Yeah, Kyle's done an absolutely amazing job of kind of taking the torch and taking Candace to the next level. And Yolio, um, absolutely every time steps up <laughs> and takes whatever whatever is necessary. Yeah, he helped me with some link stuff this summer, I believe. So that was great. He did, did some links video work and stuff, which I really appreciated. Yeah, and I really appreciate those guys. So I want to make sure that I kind of shout them out. Nice. The uh, qu- question is how you think the team will hold together emotionally. And is Saunders the right guy for that? And how will they deal with you know just all the loss and losing games and being bad potentially and minutes and stuff like that? How, how will that all work for the team? And can they kind of stay together as a unit? That's a great question. I'm trying to hold myself together emotionally as well. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you millions I, you know, of dollars I, on the line for basketball. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I love my Timberwolves, man. I, I'm a wolf. Um, I I really I really think that uh, – I think the chemistry is really good this year. It's better than I have felt about it for a while. Better than the Bahamas Wolves? <laughs> Yeah, I think that was fake, Scott. I think that was... <laughs> what? It definitely wasn't real. <laughs> I think that was a fake kind of love. Um, uh, Ricky and D'Angelo and Carl and I think Anthony Edwards is very self-aware. Um, I think these guys, uh, the, I think they really understand, you know, what needs to be done. Um I'm I'm very optimistic because of these guys. Yeah, it certainly seems like they at least have the potential to be together as a locker room, you know. I so think I we think, have we have our faults. We have our faults, Neil, but mm-hmm. I think that these guys they really seem like they want to be together. Um in years past I have not got that uh feeling. Um yeah, so definitely you know, but the thing is is like right now just before the preseason, everybody thinks they have good team chemistry. Everybody feels good. Everybody's got positive vibes. So it's just kind of a matter of looking forward to the potential, you know, heartbreaks and the potential losing streaks, you know, 11 game losing streak or something like that. Like if they hit that again, sort of what's going to happen to the team. And so, yeah, you, you just kind of got to build it early and hope that, you know, you do have those things because it doesn't seem like it's going to be a cakewalk for the team this year. There's going to be so many hard moments, even if even before the pandemic stuff. And, and so, uh, yeah, I think they're in a good place for that. If Feel like they've said all the right things and you're right it does seem from the outside at least that they have the right you know they have the early beginnings of a good locker room team but what happens if you're not winning all those games can they hold it together so hopefully right i am predicting uh, once again i'm the negative nancy here chemistry will be bad like we've said there one we're going to be losing more games than we win it's really hard to have good chemistry in that situation two it's going to be an issue with you know who gets the shots i mean i think everyone understands cats the number one but everyone else wants to be that number 
number two and get the most touches and the most shots. There aren't enough to go around. And because of just the logjam of players that we have at some positions, minutes will be an issue as well. So unless there's some injuries so that everyone can feel like they're getting their minutes, I just uh, I predict bad things. And once again, if, if, if Ryan can't handle that part of the job, we will have a new coach next season because what else is he bringing if he's not bringing that emotional intelligence? Well said. All right, rapid fire questions here, really quick. Um, we'll get to these, and then we'll, and we'll then we'll play a game, and then uh, that'll be the end of the show. But uh, rapid fire questions. First one here: Which player looks best in a face mask? Ricky Rubio. He looks best in everything. John. Uh, Nas Reed. Ooh, wild card. Um, I'll say D'Angelo Russell. You know, just just a good good fashion guy in general. So uh, I gotta think he can uh, rock a mask uh, pretty well um, as well. All right, uh, Towns D'Lo are too cool for school. Chill players. Who is our cutthroat killer? Who's the, who's the crunch time gotta beat you type of guy? Uh, John, what you got for that one? Who's the killer on this team? Who's the killer on this team? Oh. I think uh, uh, Ed, Ed Davis. <laughs> From the bench. Killer yeah. instinct. That's okay. It doesn't have to be a starter. No, yeah, it, can no be, it, it can be anybody. I um, think Ed Davis is the one that would say, you know, you guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> Tell it like it is. Yeah, no sugar coat. What do you got, Scott? Uh, you know, I have to say, after watching him, Jalen Noel. No, I'm not saying Jalen Noel. <laughs> Although he does have that attitude, but you got to play minutes, you know? Right. I want to say that at some point, I think Ant-Man can become this, but just a rookie, he's going to, yeah. by nature, kind of defer a little bit his first season. So I'm going with Malik Beasley. He same, seems like same, that kind same. of guy who's going to get angry and, and dunk a ball on somebody, or at least try to dunk a ball on somebody and get fouled because he's just like, you know, screw this, I'm taking it. Whereas I think by saying they're too cool for school chill players, I mean, Cat and D'Lo are very skilled guys. They like on the skills more than yeah. on the pure athleticism or like I'm just going to beat you because I'm angry you know that's not totally. really their game very much okay I'll you. tell I'll, uh, the Olstead brothers are right okay alright yes it's freaking <laughs> it, yes it's Beasley okay he seems very competitive yeah he's very so, serious he's kind of <laughs> scary about it metaphorical killer though yes. what we're saying with Beasley not an yeah, actual killer yeah yeah no um, he's very serious alright next one here uh, who, who will lead the team in dunks Dunk shots, slam dunks at the end of the year. Who's going to tally the most total dunks? Um, uh, Carl. I gotta, Carl. Yeah, I got I to gotta think Carl's probably the best bet here. Scott, do you have another one who could be in that mix? Uh, since it's rapid fire, let's go with Carl. It seems like the most obvious answer. Yeah, maybe Edwards? It's a good conversation, yeah. especially with Cat playing more at the three-point line. But I think in the spirit of rapid fire, it's Cat. Can, can Russell even dunk? Has anybody ever seen D'Angelo Russell He can dunk? dunk like Ricky Rubio can dunk. Right, just you, get it over. You're not going to see it in a game. but like <laughs> Fingertips. Yeah, <laughs> fingertips over the rim, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Carl, you got you got this one. You're gonna play lots of minutes, and you're right right next to the basket. You're, you're probably gonna lead that one. All right. Uh, next question: Will Joshua Okogie ever stop? No, no. I hope he gains better control. <laughs> <laughs> he needs he needs to stop a little bit, is what you're saying. Whether he will or not, at we'll least, see. At least slow down. <laughs> yeah, yield. Uh, this is the second year in a row that I've heard him, and I really like Joshua Okogie, but. Second year straight that he's spoken about kind of uh, drawing himself back and uh, kind of, oh, I'm going to reel it in and then I can be a more effective defender. And uh, um, I'm interested to see if that's actually uh, possible. To me, it's just more in transition, like where he needs to slow down or yield a little bit. He just gets so ahead of himself in those moments. I'm okay with him being nonstop on D, but when he's got the ball and it's like a – 
you know, even if it's like a one-on-one or like a one-on-two, he thinks he can do it still. And then it's like instant turnover. So (laughs) that's where we need him to yield a little bit. All right, next one. Who will take and who will make the most threes this season? If that's even a different person, you know, we could have two different names for this one. Someone could take the most and someone else could make the most. Probably not going to be the case, but I don't know. I, I guess I could actually see that. I could see D'Angelo Russell taking the most and like Carl Towns making the most. I, I just looked up the stats. Last season, we know Cat gunned it more than ever. He was 7.9 per game. Malik Beasley with the Timberwolves, 8.2. Wow. So uh, I could see that with Malik. It's crazy. I was looking at the numbers of how many total threes that D'Lo made. It was like 32 with the Timberwolves last year. And then Malik Beasley, I looked at his numbers. He made 49 in Jeez. just the small amount of games he was here. Yeah. But he was on fire. He was a human torch. Um, I think that ideally, um, you know, I want Cat to take the most of these. I think Beasley will take the most threes. The problem with Beasley is we think he might come off the bench for part of the year. So it's like, is he going to get the minutes to, sure, he could average a lot, but like, is he going to. If he comes off the bench, he can chuck it even more. (laughs) But I think Cat will make the most threes on the Okay, John? Yeah, I think Scott, I think Scott's right. Beasley will take the most, Cat will make the most. Yeah, totally. Next question: How much money are we paying Cole Aldridge this season, Scott? Do you have that for us? How much? How much are we? How much are we paying him? Uh, just a shade under seven hundred thousand. We're paying him six eighty five, three forty. Oh, the stretch for Cole Aldridge. How many more years does he have on the stretch? Do we know? At least one more. <laughs> At least one more. Cole Aldridge still Cole, getting Cole paid. Cole Sore. <laughs> oh yeah, found out one of his nicknames, Cole Sore. According Yikes. to Basketball Reference. Yikes. Could, could Neil block Cole Aldridge? That's the question. Oh, my gosh. I would <laughs> like to try, but uh, I doubt it. I, I don't think so. It. I, I don't think so. It. You can't even block Jared. All right. Uh, before, we, before we get to the game, let's let's give our um, our, our record um, predictions. Well, first I have a question I told Alex uh-huh. Kahn over in the Discord. Uh-huh. Shout out to the Discord boys. Two weeks in a row shouting him out. Uh, he was asking because he said that the thing he was most – are wary about with Anthony Edwards is his IQ, not basketball mm. IQ, just his general IQ, because he had heard some scouting reports that that was something to be worried about. And then he shared at the Daily Wolf's tweet saying that he has a really high IQ. And so <laughs> I said, I'll ask John about that. So, uh-huh. John, this is me asking you about that. I love it. I think, yeah, I would totally disagree with him. <laughs> it's okay. uh, I think I think he has a really high basketball IQ. Um, uh, to me, his, uh, awareness is, uh, wonderful. He knows exactly what he needs to do. And I haven't heard a lot of players like that. Uh, he speaks, um, like if you and I were like, oh, you shouldn't take a mid range jumper or he shouldn't do this or that. Um, it seems like Anthony Edwards is like, it's almost like he's reading what we're saying on Twitter, right? He's like ahead uh, of it. Yeah, like he's saying the same thing. Like, oh, I know, I I can't do that. It is not his social media platform of choice. I can tell you that from doing some research. <laughs> I haven't heard a lot of guys like that, and I don't want to compare him to uh, Andrew Wiggins. Like everybody wants to, but Wiggs definitely didn't have that kind of self awareness. Uh, so that I guess correct. it gives me confidence. It gives me some confidence in him. That's what I would say. All right, nice. All right, uh, okay, cool. Let's uh, let's predict how many uh, how many wins the Timberwolves will have this year and uh, where they will finish in the Western Conference standings. I'll start us off here. Um, I believe they um, I believe they will win uh, thirty one games out of uh, out of seventy two. Um, so that's uh, thirty one and forty one. 
I believe, and uh, which is kind of like a you know 35, 36 win team in a normal 82 game season. Um, and I think there probably will be, uh, I think they'll be the, uh, 12th best team in the West this year, finishing 12th. So not, not close to the, any of those play in games or something like that, but yeah, I just have too many questions about how the, the actual ceiling of their, how close to the ceiling they can get on offense. And man, the, the early season tape on, or the preseason tape on the defense are so discouraging. So I'm going to, I'm going to trend a little bit low lower i think and 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 go with 31 uh here for for uh yeah their their record this year scott why don't you go next to what you got what you got what you thinking 29 wins 13th in the west all right i think we're i think we're better than the thunder and better than the kings Mm -hmm. i think we're a better team than the spurs but the spurs are professionals and know how to (laughs) approach the game every single night like professionals so i think they'll probably end up winning just more games because of that and that's about it i mean Maybe we're better than the Warriors, but probably not. John, I'll say, I'll say, I think thirty wins. I'm usually really optimistic, but I, I have some real concerns about this team. Um, I don't think that they're going to be a good defensive team. And then, where do you think they'll finish in the West? Well, where does thirty wins finish in the West? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Now, how many teams do you think are worse than them? We'll, we'll finish worse. Well, I mean, I, you said thirteenth, so yeah, I'm I'm guessing you know fourteenth or or whatever. I I can see like I can see a world where the Timberwolves surprise. Yeah, it's um, possible. I can see that world, and I hope for that. Um, totally, totally. I really do hope for that. Uh, but I have horrible concerns about uh, the defensive rebounding and the transition defense and all the problems that we talked about on guarding pick and roll, guarding pick and pop. It's just, it just seems like it's a mess. And I'm really like not sure that they can fix that real quick, (laughs) but I want to believe that I think the chemistry, like I said, I think the chemistry is a lot better than it's ever been. So I want to believe. Well, and the and the other thing I think with this conversation about the Wolves is that they have no incentive to be one of the worst teams in the league. So they're going to do everything in their power to win more games, maybe even make trades mid-season, that kind of thing. Where I could see a team, Scott talked about the Spurs, I could see them like trading Aldridge and trading DeRozan and stuff like that, and and trying to go for more of the bottom out route. So I could maybe that's I think how the Wolves you know, overachieve this a little bit is there's some teams that really go for more of the tank underneath them and the Wolves playing harder and really, you know, again, they don't have their pick this year, so they have no incentive to be um, that bad. So, you know, I think they'll go for it in a little bit more of a pronounced way, especially at the end of the season and stuff like that. So maybe that's how they get to more of the mid-30s and stuff like that. And maybe like last season – Steph Curry will play like four games and be like, I'm not about it this season. Let's repair my hand or something. Yeah, you never know like those kinds of things. Of like, yeah, there's certain guys. I don't want to play this out. year. Yeah. yeah. No. And exactly like kind of what we, we've talked about, but um, we don't, I don't think any of us really know how Carl is going to uh, respond to everything. Yeah. Um, I think that's a huge thing. Huge wild card for this season. Yeah. So, like, if if uh, if if everything, you know, goes south and he doesn't feel like playing basketball or or whatever goes on with his life, which is perfectly fine because um, he has the right to feel, uh, you know, whatever. Um, 
I just don't know. Uh, I think Carl like kind of dictates everything. All right. Um, and then to wrap this up here, we let's pick our NBA finals and our MVP of the league. Last year, I think you picked Philly and I picked uh, yeah. L.A. Clippers, not the Lakers. But okay. Yep. <laughs> I was nice. in the right city at least. Nice. Um, yeah, I'll start off again. Um, I'm going to take both those two teams. I think um, the Clippers and the 76ers will meet in the finals, and I think the Clippers will win the title this year. Um, I also still like the Lakers, but I feel like I'm not sure about their their additions and stuff like that. Um, as far as MVP goes, um, yeah, I think it's unlikely Giannis wins it again. So, uh, you know, we're talking off mic before the show started. I do like the Luka Doncic pick. I think that could be really – you know, I think a lot of people would like to pick him for MVP, and the you know Dallas could be the third best team in the West pretty easily. So I'll say Luca for MVP. Uh, Scott, what you think? Let's have John go first. John, you 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 go you go next. Okay, uh, I'll take. I love the Luca pick. I'll mm. take. I'll take. Uh, I'll take Giannis as my MVP, and I I'm going to say the Bucks are going to win the finals. Nice. Uh, they're going to beat the Lakers. All right. All right. Well, I mean, it seems like you guys left the Lakers on the board for me to win the title, and they look so good, and they only got better. But at the same time, when's the last time we've had back-to-back healthy seasons for Anthony Davis? I'm not sure. It just seems like trusting LeBron and Anthony Davis to have good health again might be uh, gambling a little bit. But especially with some of the other guys, like Marcus Gasol, he's an injury-prone dude. Uh, So instead of the the obvious choice, which I believe is the Lakers – I'm going to go with a wild card pick. I'm going to say the Denver Nuggets Ooh. are going to beat the Boston Celtics in, in the division, finals. In division right there. That's right. They got to the Western Conference Finals. I think, you know, they lost some good players like Jeremy Grant, and I know that, you know, they'll have to make do with that. But they are just a deep team. I think that they are really confident in themselves. We've seen them, like, was it two years ago they had the best seed in the West, number one seed in the West? And wow, yeah. So I'm just going to say, you know, they find a way to overcome the Lakers or whoever is there at the Western Conference Finals, and then they get to uh, the finals and they win it all. So this, pick, this pick probably involves a Michael Porter Jr. stepping into an all-star type season. Right or getting here. traded for a Bradley Beal or something. Yeah, that too. Um, and my MVP... Usually it's safe to go with the best player on the team with the most wins. So if I feel like it's going to be the Nuggets with the most wins, I'd want to pick Jokic or something. I also think that there's a chance Tatum takes a leap and becomes a big guy. I think uh, there might be a – if Miami has the best record in the East, uh, it could be easy to give it to Jimmy Butler even. Um, But my pick is going to be Spider-Man, Donovan Mitchell. I think that he is just – they figured something out in the bubble, and he's just going to go supernova and score a ton of points, and the Jazz will be like a top five seed in the West, and we'll say, look at those numbers. Nice. All right. Um, Let's wrap this thing up with a game here. We're running a little bit over. I have so many questions I want to ask still. Are the Wolves the skinniest team in the league? I think so. (laughs) Someone do the research. Take up all the official weights. Hard to compare. It's so skinny. There's not – like the only non-skinny guys on the team are like Ant-Man – and Carl's got big shoulders. He's a really he's, big dude. Uh, he, but for his position, I'm just talking skinny. about waist size, though. I don't know. I'm talking about yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah really. seriously. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. Wolves skinniest team on the league. Let us know on Twitter or in the comment section of this Canis Hoopus post. 
All right. Uh, I will defer on the rest of the questions. Most of the questions I got cut were my questions. But Neil's the point guard. Uh, he controls the pace of the game. And <laughs> I think that he didn't do a good job because if he had controlled the pace better, there would have been time be for all my yeah. silly ass questions. Yeah. But uh, that's not why we're here right now. So I will try to sneak them in again in the future. <laughs> Um, especially this one about which franchise records will be broken this year. This is a good transition into the game because I did some uh, scouring of the record books, as I like to do, uh, especially because I thought we were going to talk about what records could be broken this year. I think most points in a game, both scored and allowed, are definitely on the table. Terrible defense, maybe our best offense yeah. in a long time. Yeah, I think really. both, both of those are going down. Biggest lead given up. We're going to give up like a 40-point lead at some point this season. But uh, I will save all the individual ones for a later time because, once again, under the gun. All right, so this is, like I said, it's going to be seven questions about some record book shenanigans for the Timberwolves, just stuff to do with the franchise history. A couple of these might be math-related, but I will just let you both. Uh, there's no competition, really, to go first or second, I guess. Uh, so To see who gets it. Yeah, we, we don't have to set up an official system here yeah. for this. All right, the first question. The Wolves are the only NBA franchise with a franchise win-loss percentage below 400. They are 980 wins 1496 losses that makes for a 0.396 win loss percentage so my question is how many games would we need to win this season to reach that 400 mark wow to go over um get out of the threes get into the fours is there enough games in this season yes i will say 60 i'm sorry um but Whatever Neil said. 60. What's the number? The number is 40. Only 40. need to win 40 games. Wow. Not going to happen, but... It's not impossible. Not though. impossible. Like, yeah, yeah, just over 500, essentially. I'm going to keep talking about this on the pod until we reach 400. Yeah, got to get there. The thing is, we can lose more games than we win and still improve our number. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to get to 40. 40. All right. Next up, another similar kind of, if you want to do the math, you can. Ricky Rubio is second all-time on the Timberwolves in assists total. With 2,991, he has more than 1,000 more assists than number three, Pooh Richardson. He is 1,200 assists behind Kevin Garnett still. Assume Ricky plays every game for the rest of his contract. He has 154 regular season games remaining on his contract with the Wolves. How many assists per game does he need to average to pass KG in the record books? This is assuming he plays every single game for the rest of his contract. Uh, he needs how many does he need to average? Yeah, how many does he need to average to pass KG? Like eight? I'd say ten point four. Uh, Neil basically nailed it. It's seven point nine six, basically eight. Eight yeah. per game yeah. will uh, get him number one in the record books. Hard to do because he'd have to play every single game. Uh, but technically, still a chance. Still yeah. a chance to do it this season. He would have to average seventeen a game. He's only uh, he needs to average, by the way, three point seven steals per game to pass KG all time steals. Also not going to happen. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> All right. Next question. How many Timberwolves are listed as taller than 6'9 on basketballreference.com? On the current team? Yep. How many Timberwolves are listed higher than 6'9 as a height greater than 6'9? Yeah, um, yeah. So it's a three centers plus plus one show. So four, I think, is, is the best guess. You got anybody else who you think? Because I'll say Lame is probably 6'9 exactly. We'll throw what him about out. Nas Reed? Yeah, Nas counts. So we have Towns, we have Ed uh, Davis, we have Nas Jared Reed, Vanderbilt. Ooh, good one. Um, uh, Jaden McDaniels. How tall is he? That's another good one. Those are two I do not know. They are very close. That could go either way. That's what I got. Um, 
So six, uh, six. You can go six. I'm gonna go four. I'm gonna go four. I'm gonna go four. John's gonna go six. What is it? The correct answer is one. Carl Anthony Towns is the only person listed above six nine. He is six eleven. On the team, uh, Wancho is six nine. Oh, above six nine. My bad. Above six nine. <laughs> Wancho Damn. is six nine. Jaden McDaniel's is six nine. Ed Davis is six nine. Jared Vanderbilt is six nine. Uh, Nas Reed is six nine. And Layman is 6'8". So, Towns is the only big on this team. It's a small team. Smallies. Skinnies and smallies. <laughs> All right, next question. Which two Timberwolves on this year's roster never attended college? Oh, no college. Wancho and Ricky. That is correct. Wancho yeah. and Ricky. They, right. they were professionals. They didn't <laughs> have to go, go to college. <laughs> only, right. only this crazy mixed-up country that makes us go into that amateur system where you don't get paid to play a year. They were teenage pros. That's right. Although you could say that last year Ricky went to the University of Phoenix. Okay, here we go. Two more questions. Who is the only current wolf with more than a million Twitter followers? I would say D'Angelo Russell. John? He's checking Twitter real quick. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Um, that, that seems, that seems right, Neil. Uh, he is second. Ricky Rubio has 2.9 million oh, Twitter followers. Oh, dang it. D'Angelo Russell. National following. D'Angelo Russell doesn't have 600,000. He has 594,000. Big oh, drop. Goodness. What I did when I did all this research, I looked up all the wolves and... I didn't realize how much more popular Instagram is than Twitter. So mm-hmm. Ricky, one of the old school guys, you know, actually, and Ed Davis too has a pretty good Twitter following because they are the old school guys. They were on Twitter right. for the past decade. Yeah. And a lot of these guys joined just when they got to college and needed to retweet highlight clips of themselves. But the flip side of that question, which two wolves have more than a million Instagram followers? Uh, Rubio, Rubio and Carl Towns. Uh, it is actually number one with 3.7 million is D'Angelo Russell. 3.7 million okay, followers. So that's where he's big, not Twitter. That's right. And Towns has 2.9 million Twitter followers, or uh, Instagram followers. Wow. And Ricky is third, but he only has 650,000 okay. Instagram followers. Ricky's much bigger on Twitter than he is. Yeah. Instagram. So are we. So are we. <laughs> nice. Nice. Aren't we all? We're working on it. Nice. Definitely going to delete Instagram uh, <laughs> after this. <laughs> hey, you know. What's uh here? I got a question for you. What's Ricky Rubio's name on BasketballReference.com? Oh, like his his real Ricardo, name or his, Ricardo uh, or something like that? Ricard Rubio. Ricard Ricard Vives. It's great, Ricard. Man, I can't believe we didn't get to my question. Remember Andrew Bynum? <laughs> yeah. So I actually do remember Andrew Bynum. Um, I meant to ask you guys. You remember when Peck had a, or he had a quote about Peck back in the day? Bynum did? No, what did he say? You guys remember that or am I crazy? I don't remember it. What did he say? Do you remember it? Okay. He was like, somebody asked him, God, it was like in 2012 or 13. And he was like, we, we beat the Lakers that night. And some reporter asked Bynum, like, Oh, how was it to play against Pekovic? And he's like, that that dude f me right up. <laughs> and nice. I just remember the quote, like, <laughs> it's like, I it was hilarious to me. He's like, that's the toughest guy in the league. 
I miss opposing players' quotes about Pekovic because it was always yeah. like they talked about him as, as if he was a fable, you know? Yeah, he's like a slab of brick or something. Like that, that he's made out of a mountain. I'll find it for Wolves guests because it's one of the funniest things I ever saw. Whatever. Yeah, we can right. link it in the show notes if you can find it. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. You know, we went along, but I feel like having, you know, our special guest, John Meyer, on the show is always worth going the extra minutes for. Gotta do it. Gotta and, do it for a special guest. And so thank you for listening. Thank you, John. Uh, do you have anything you want to promote right now? A mixtape? Any, anything that's happening? Maybe you're just going to be streaming a, you know, a video game later or something? Twitch, yeah. Twitch channel. No, I, no, I don't want to promote anything. All I want to promote is like, I love uh, the Old Sky Brothers. <laughs> um, appreciate everything you guys are doing. And uh, love, love Canisupis. What a great website. I love all the people that it's brought into my life. I love you guys. I love all of it. So that's all. Awesome. Yes. Um, thank you for that. Uh, but yeah, you can find uh, John writing a Canis Hoopus this season. Uh, I'm excited to see what you come up with, John, and what you decide to dig in on as this wolf season Need some Timberwolves nightcaps. Yeah, let's go. Let's see what you got, John. So, yeah, yeah, we're going to get the wolf nightcap back. And yes. you know what? You guys know, like, I love Ricky Rubio. I love Ricky Rubio. That's it. <laughs> named your dog. Named, named yeah, your dog after him. Rubio the dog. Ricky. Yes. I am. I could not be happier. Well, that brings us full circle. Everybody, right. thank you for listening. We will catch you next week. We will have a Jeopardy episode. Everyone loves that. Uh, so I guess we're wishing you happy holidays, everybody. Stay safe. Uh, you know, take care of yourselves and others. We need it right now because we're not we're not Carl Anthony Towns. We're not getting that vaccine tomorrow. We're gonna have to wait a little bit longer. Uh, let us know on Instagram, on Twitter at Wolfscast or at Wolfscast Pod on Instagram or in the Canis Hoopus comments. What would what Timberwolf dog name did we not cover? Give me your best dog puns. We need everybody. more more dog puns. There's please. so many. Yeah, tune in, tune in. We got you guys. <laughs> All right, we'll be back next week with another episode of Wolf's Cast. Thank you so much, John Meyer. See you next time. Man, it's hard to guard screens in the NBA. Them dudes big. It's, yeah, them dudes, them dudes setting them screens, they be big. So I feel like once I once I watch enough film on that, then I it it it'll become easy for me because I'm I'm pretty big also. <laughs>